What did I do now? Get okay. up. Move I've faster. Same, I've got the same screen. And it says we're recording. Okay, so to sum up everything um, so far that we've missed twice. <laughs> Don't you hurt my fucking rib, lady. <laughs> Put the merman in the basket. <laughs> Was Dracula a great big fat girl? Okay, <laughs> you, uh, you were getting fucked by the B button. Now you're getting fucked by the A button. Uh, you have the knife o pixel in case you want to fight. Good thing you can't switch between characters on the fly because, you know, jumps are really, really hard when you only have like three pixels to jump. Uh, not anything else? Uh, Five finger fisticuffs. A bunch of dick yeah, jokes, yeah, yeah, a yeah. bunch of fisting bunch of dick jokes. jokes. There was a couple of, a couple of anal, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was, <laughs> there was, uh, there was, there was, there was, there was, there was, this show is definitely triple X, not double Next X. Next on After the Fact Podcast, we remind our listeners that on this date, gays can marry. <laughs> uh. Okay. So let's start over. All right. I'm tasting blood here. This is not good. I frequently think about the eroticism of robot on robot violence. A gremlin alien that eats its own poop. You are listening to the After the Fact Podcast. Do you not want to have sex with me? Are you not aroused? There was a game where there was one pixel throwing numbers at another pixel. <laughs> I could probably drop a couple hundred hours into that. Classic gaming by geeks just like you. If I were playing it on an original NES, I probably would not have an original NES anymore. Is this a Final Fantasy related anything? Oh, it's 10 out of 10. And now, your hosts... Luke Matthews. And that's what this show is supposed to be about. I don't know, classic gaming and shit. James Dykes. I started out playing this sweet indie game. It's called Error 37. It's a psychological thriller. You're this guy who just purchased a AAA title that has only online play. Andy Padel. I'm just saying it's probably a cornucopia of narcotics and watching way too much Mad Max. That's probably. the only explanation. And Matthew Coyne. I got a dynamite dildo. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to episode 60 of the After the Fact Podcast. Oh, shit! We're almost ready to retire! Uh, you have no idea how right you are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I am Luke Matthews, and I am joined today by James Dykes. Hey! Matthew Coyne. Howdy. And Andy Padel is back! Yeah. You can't get rid of me. I'm like herpes. <laughs> We've had a... Uh... <laughs> Somebody scrape all the Andy off my dick, please! <laughs> uh, like a... Luckily, he realized that uh, he could not come on this show without having posted trade secrets first, or uh, he would probably have gotten kicked down the stairs. <laughs> so uh, he posted after, or posted trade secrets last night, uh, and we have posted four episodes of After the Fact in the interim. So, <clears throat> a really welcome long to the show. <laughs> God, it feels good to not be under the bus this time. <laughs> Uh, All right, hit the deck, boy. <laughs> that doesn't exist anymore. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, well, this episode, we're going to be talking about Castlevania Three. Uh, this was a listener request from Jeremy Smith a while ago, and we finally worked it into our schedule. Um, but we're such busy motherfuckers because we are. We, uh, you know, I can't believe we actually managed to get this worked into you know our. I can't even fucking keep a straight face while I'm trying to <laughs> run that bit. Can't do it. <laughs> Uh, so we'll talk about that in a little bit, but, uh, to start things off as usual, we will talk about what we were playing. Um, I'm going to start because I've been playing almost nothing. I've been playing Mutant Bob. I've been so playing. So nothing's changed. Yeah, really. Off the show. It really hasn't changed. 
Um, How's your book? Uh, actually coming along very well. I've been writing quite Good. a bit on it, and uh, I'm hoping to actually have it finished this month. Uh, but I've been playing... I played some uh, Mutant Blobs Attack. Uh, what was that? Cause mutant... What's the... Space. Space. Oh, space. It, it, yeah. Tales from Space, Mutant Blobs Attack on the Vita. It's really good little game, a uh, little indie game. It's uh, eight bucks. Everybody should go play it. It's kind of awesome. It's like a platformer with a Katamari element to it. It's good, good stuff. Um, but that's really it. Um, I haven't played anything else recently. So why don't you guys, uh, you guys, talk? James? Uh, I'm two years late to the party, like always. So uh, I just picked up Limbo as part of the, the Humble Indie Bundle. Oh, right. I've been playing that. Game sweet. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I didn't play it sooner. <laughs> really dumb. Uh, there's yeah, like game a is stri- so good. There's like a string of I think five or six episodes of this show early on where we're all like, "Go play Limbo." Yeah, God yeah, damn it, go play. It's filled with murder. A small boy <laughs> dies over and over again, and you're going to love it. Yeah. It's like the anti Dennis the Menace. Yeah, pretty he much. He dies at the end of the episode <laughs> like, slowly, quietly. <laughs> it's it's just like it's like a really just really good. Fucking trial and error. Yeah, how do, how do I get <laughs> through this part? Of error. <laughs> lots, you know, and lots of errors. Lots of and error. they did they did something right with that game that hasn't been done right in a long time. Is that they made a trial and error game where you don't you don't feel aggravated for having missed a trial. Right, right. Mm-hmm. You you fuck up and you're like, <laughs> oh, I got to do that again. <laughs> the deaths are you know? sweet. Walking by the saw blade yeah. was not the choice to make. <laughs> you <laughs> fall in the water and the, and the guy just goes, Bleh. yeah. And then you hit spacebar and you try again. Yeah, that's that's the really good thing. You're not having to wait for like five hours yeah, to start your start your trial again. That is absolutely and, true. Yeah. And while some of the things are kind of timing based, it isn't a lot of uh, oh, you've just got a hair trigger, do this right now, etc. It's just it's puzzle solving. It's not re- re- reflexes and reaction time. Yep. I remember there being one specific area where there's a crate and you have to uh, lift the level of water and you have to move the crate and get the crate to float in a certain direction. Yeah, that was kind of, that was fun. I mean, that, oh, that irritated the fuck out of me. <laughs> just absolutely. I was just like, "Huh? Did I make it this time?" Oh, the crate hooked two pixels on the wall and then tipped me over and I drowned. Okay. How about let's try it this time. Oh, I didn't jump on the crate in time. I drowned. That was like, yeah. Hours. <laughs> <laughs> like it's cool when you're like, "Oh man, the spider just ate my face." Okay, well what if I try Nope, just uh it's actually shish kebab in my heart right now. <laughs> <laughs> very, very slowly. Uh, yeah, sorry. Continue. Huh. That's about it. Like, um, I have not been playing Diablo 3. Considering this entire show is talking about games from the past, I guess it doesn't really make much difference that we're talking about Limbo, huh? <laughs> 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 Today on After the Fact Podcast, we'll be talking about Limbo. Fuck. <laughs> um, I have, Diablo 3 has just been sitting on my hard drive, not getting played for, for two weeks. Welcome, welcome to episode <laughs> 274 of the After the Fact <laughs> Podcast. Uh, today we're going to talk about Limbo. <laughs> Does everybody remember that game? Robot Andy remembers this game. (laughs) (laughs) That was back when you still had to use a controller. Brandon Jar Matthew remembers this game. (laughs) Kill me. (laughs) Uh, 
actually, I decided to, to go back to play some Civ Five because everything else that I looked at on my, I kind of exhausted myself on Mass Effect Three. Um, Didn't the expansion just come out for Civ Five? Uh, there is a new one, yeah, yeah, where they bring religion into it more into play. And if uh, for those of you that liked Civ Five, that did put it away because it is almost an entirely new game. It is a shitload of fun. Definitely worth the money. It's. About thirty bucks for the expansion, so it's a little so, for DLC. It's kind of pricey, but so, it's actually worth it. So by the time Christmas comes around, there'll be the gold edition, and you'll be able to get everything Five. for for ten bucks. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Right. Like all the other DLC worth a shit for that game. It'll is, be on I a, think nineteen bucks now. Yeah, total. It, it'll be on like a Steam sale for a buck ninety nine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's definitely a lot of fun and very, 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 very cool again. Especially for those of us that I liked Civ for because religion played a serious part in it. Yeah. And you could actually take away other people's territory with that. Whereas then they replaced it in five and now they're kind of bringing it back and it's a lot of fun. I, re- I remember when, when Civ 3 came out and they had the, the culture playing a factor and you could take cities over because you were more. Right, because you, you, were, you were better than them. You were better than them. <laughs> it literally, it was, it was, the, it was the, the absolute, uh, it was the preppiest fucking civilization game ever. You literally just sucked people into the wake of your awesomeness by being better than they are. And usually it came down to money, so that also is like life. Yeah, assholes. Exactly. Needless to say, yes, that was how I won Civ Three. I didn't really go to war with anybody. I was just I. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't think I, I don't th- them. I don't think I've ever built a military unit in Civ. Fuck that. No. <laughs> Meanwhile, Andy and Luke are sitting over here like, yes, moving on from things I could PC give a games. shit about. PC games. <laughs> PC games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. PC yeah. games. Video games. I'm probably. Probably pissing off Snicker right now because he posted to our, <laughs> posted to our Facebook page recently. He's like, "What are you guys going to do with some PC games?" I'm like, uh. "He did make he's the gonna, suggestion. He's, he's going to Snicker. What he's going to do is vicariously tell you to go to hell through telling me to go to hell." We're no, getting asked. Not. We're getting asked to do PC games by the only guy who listens to our show on a Zoom. What the <laughs> fuck? Side note: Now that I think about it. Snicker, if you want, I will send you an iDevice. I, I, I will send you an iPad or an uh, iPhone Touch or whatever the fuck iPad it is. T- I, iPod Touch? iPod Touch. There yeah. we go. Yeah. It's got an I in it. That's all I know. Seriously. Like, <laughs> the this whole Zoom thing just blows my mind. Dude, man. I have an extra. I actually have an extra iPod that I could send you for free, like an 80-gig iPod that I have no use for. So if you want an iDevice, I will give you an iPod. We can send it to you with all of the fucking... Uh, uh, trade paperbacks from trade secrets shit. that we're supposed to send you. Um, what are you? What are you? So I love my PS Vita. Um, because mainly I've been playing Disgaea three on it. <laughs> oh God, here we go again. Uh, no, like it's great. Wipeout is awesome. Lumens is great. Um, Luminous, luminous, whatever the puzzle game. That's you know, I, amazing. I didn't know how to pronounce that until it came out on this system, and I heard I heard a Ubisoft representative who was demoing it pronounce it. And Ubisoft, I'm like, Ubisoft, Hu- yeah, Ubisoft. That's that's an old one. Yeah, it's yeah. I'm fuck fuck jokes <laughs> jokes <laughs> fuck them. They're just they're no, no. Ah, <laughs> talk shit joke ah, jokes <laughs> fuck. 
Jesus Christ. What is happening today on to this my very brain? special After the Fact podcast? <laughs> With a very special Luke, Matthew. <laughs> I was say, Luke is over there playing my the name part is of Luke. I hit thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just coming out of nowhere. Yes, I'm having perfectly measured conversation. Wait, something snapped. Rage! <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, that's okay. So you're playing Disgaea 3 on your Vita while you're playing Disgaea 3 on your PS3. And not coming out with episodes of Trade Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> now we know what happened. Now we know what happened. <sighs> it's a smaller <laughs> screen, sir. I understand your love of Disgaea, but it's just the same thing on a smaller fucking you reali- screen. You realize that just before... Just before you were getting over us ragging on you for Urban Champion, <laughs> you you fucking go six weeks without posting trade secrets and just give us more ammo. I'm, I'm not hurt at all. I'm not even a little. I'm dead inside. If you guys haven't realized, I probably I'm, I'm probably at the one thousand hour mark now for this guy three. I don't have a soul. Oh my god. Seriously, I don't, I don't understand you. There's there's a, uh, a penny arcade that was pointed out to me from a few weeks ago where Tycho was playing Disguise Three without actually playing the game because he was just doing item management. I'm like, no, no, I get that. <laughs> I totally get that. Everybody else who's reading it in that particular one was laughing, and Andy kind of pipes up and goes, "What? What? Only what? five hours? <laughs> he feels my pain. What the fuck? <laughs> God, these penny arcade guys suck. They just don't even tell jokes anymore. They just fucking." <laughs> Write comics where they describe <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing they're gonna start using facts. Huh? <laughs> uh, other than that, Diablo three, bought it, played it, finished it, done with it. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that good, huh? Yeah, it, I mean, it's okay for a one time playthrough, but I don't. There, there's no way that it could have possibly lived up to all the hype that it had. It just, yeah, it, it can't. It, no, f- not physically possible. Yeah, absolutely, and. You know, it was cool, but I have other games that I would rather spend hundreds of hours grinding the same stuff over and over again. Yeah, like Disguise 3. Like Disguise 3. <laughs> Jesus Christ. On a smaller uh, when, screen. When does Torchlight 2 come out again? So I can play, a, play Diablo 3 oh, fixed. Oh, soon. Yeah, right. I, um... Is there a date for Torchlight 2? Or... <sighs> no. Nope. Oh, no. Sometime Some in the near future. Summer 2012. Thanks, <laughs> Dick. I really, I really, really wanted to play Torchlight 2, but I, like... I just don't play PC games. I, like Diablo three was supposed to be the game that made me play PC games again, or at least warranted me, you know, downloading it and playing it. And I didn't do that. So, uh, and then of course, I mean, part of that was the DRM, and part of it was the whole Error thirty seven bullshit. But but mostly it was just uh, I'm yeah. so fucking indifferent to PC games. Um, because there hasn't been anything really exciting that's come out well, on PC it's, it's in the last two or three years. It's also because they're not the style of game that I like, right? The, the kind okay, of games that fair. are built for a mouse and a keyboard are usually... I mean, yeah, you can say first-person shooters, but a good first-person shooter on a PC hasn't really hit for a long time, probably since Half-Life 2. Well, yeah. they've, they've um, hit. They've just also hit on console, and right. the, there's no point. But that. then there's... But the rest of them are all like real time strategy right. and uh, you know resource management and shit. Yep. The one game that Skyrim. actually that was the one I think I bought. That, no, Skyrim yeah. was the last one on PC I bought, which you can get on a console anyway. So. The one yeah. game that I actually think interested me uh, was announced at E3 was the new Sim City. Like that game yeah. looks fucking amazing. Awesome. That yes, and if I can run that on my laptop, I will probably I will probably buy it. Um, because I'm not buying. I've just de- I've determined that I'm not buying a rig for gaming because I'm not. It's not going to get used. Yeah, that's, like a, that's completely reasonable. Like 
Um, the only thing I do on on the only thing I, reason I like PC gaming more than I like consoles is Steam. I can buy a game and yeah. move yeah. it in between my desktop and my laptop and. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I Steam is brilliant, and I like that. I like that concept. I wish, I I really wish that the rumors would come true, and Steam would do the Steam Box, and you know, do a console uh, version of their service. You know, because yeah. that would be fucking spectacular. They, God knows but, they have enough. They have enough content for it now. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I I don't. There's a. I guess the part of me that that is um, a little bit. I don't know. It, I don't think in the last three or four years that we've seen enough, and and I could be wrong in this, but we've seen enough real huge, massive improvement in uh, graphics, shall we call it graphics interface, graphic delivery, that warrants an entirely new console or entirely new generation of whatever, as far as that goes. Like, uh, 1080p has been around for how long? And this is pretty much what every the bar that everyone's shooting for, and they're not going above that as far as resolution goes. Because yeah. why the fuck would you? Yeah, I mean, it, it looks really, really good, and no one's been pressing any of these companies for, you know, I want better graphics, I want better sound, I want better this, and from eight bit all the way up till three sixty PS three. All we've been asking, and and we all have, is shit. I wish this was better. Shit. I wish that the video games that that I was playing looked more like the cinematics that were in between when I was playing. Well, now it all looks like fucking cinematics that we're playing in. Yeah. Like, so you know, now we're just like nobody's sitting there going, the, the, you know, I wish I could see it in HD TV. Well, the, the, I'm sorry. Go ahead. The only place for for graphics to go at this point is 3D, and no one no one wants to try and and no one cares. No one cares. No one cares no enough. No. There's no the market's not big enough, and no one wants to. To, to dive in first yeah. and take get their ass beat. Well, well I and I, I think I think that I think the actual issue is just that the uh, the graphical improvements that are capable that we're capable of of pushing out right now are so incremental, and the right. other kinds of improvements beyond graphics that are capable like physics, physics and smell, uh, yeah, right, smell of vision, like you know, like physics and stuff right. are are not. Um, they're not selling points. They're not a thing that you can put in front of a gamer and be like, "See how cool this is," right. because they're just not gonna. They're not gonna notice. It's too incremental. So whatever changes need to happen are gonna have to be like monumental for the next round of consoles. Well, I think the next round is all experimenting with control style. I mean, yeah. you, between Connect and Wii U and uh, whatever uh, PS3 is fucking, fucking doing. I and this I, and that's <laughs> this is this is where I. Throw my old man hat down, and I'm like, yeah, fuck it. In my day, we there had two a- buttons. <laughs> there there on the top, and there's the joystick and the <laughs> yeah. other one. Well, developers there are is- like, shit, we got to figure out how to make better games. Hold on, we got to distract people. Exactly, somehow. right? Right. Uh, when I was in the heyday of gaming was the PlayStation 3. I love that console. <laughs> like, and that's the way it's going to be. When I'm when I'm older, I'm going to be like, oh, fuck this motion control, virtual reality, holographic bullshit. <laughs> you know? I didn't have to hook my brain up to wires. To- yeah. Matthew, get that thing off of me. Can't hear you. <laughs> in jar. I I refuse to get one of those fag-burned implants. Oh, dude, see, I'm the first one to sign up. The second they want to put metal in my brain, <laughs> I'm fucking in. And then you're dead. Whatever. <laughs> so, well, welcome to After the Dystopian Fact. <laughs> so to bring Andy back into this conversation, hey, one of the up, things dude? that one of the reasons that Andy is here is because over the last weekend, uh, the two of us went and took a visit to the second annual Seattle Retro Gaming Expo. Yes, do tell. Um... I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Andy start because uh, I'm not sure my opinions are going to be I, they're not 
super negative, but I'm not sure they're going to be like the most positive thing in the world. So, well, you went, you went on the second day. I mean, like when I got there, uh, fair. So uh, I showed up before the show actually opened. Um, it was a full weekend thing, right? Yeah, it was a okay. Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay, uh, and like there was a line of people, and everyone was excited and talking about stuff, and you know, people were pretty happy. Right. Uh, it took me a little bit to get in, and I got in there, and like it was awesome. They had uh, Steel Battalion. They had oh wow, uh, I think sixteen of them linked up. Oh shit! With line I thought of it was contact. eight. They had two rooms, I believe. Oh really? With eight in each room. Oh, I nice. could be mistaken about that, but needless to say, that shit's phenomenal. Yeah. Like I, I actually have Steel Battalion. I've never played it against anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I could have spent some time in that room and like gotten some games in, having actually owned the original right. game. Right. I was gonna say it was uh, fun. The I, my one sort of. Uh, complaint would be the vendor room didn't have anything really rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I bumped into Christina there, and you know, the stuff that we were looking for is really hard to find. And I was hoping to find some of that stuff. They had like on the scale of one to ten, like I'm looking for nines and tens, and they had a bunch of eights, and they had a couple of pieces that were you know kind of hard to nine ish, nine ish. But the nine ish ones were all overpriced from what I saw. Oh, I I didn't. Think really? so? Yeah. Okay. I, I was I was happy with when the we're prices. We're talking about nines. Like, what what are we talking about? Like you know, a couple of titles, and like a Chrono Trigger. I okay. saw a Chrono Trigger in there. I, I was thinking specifically, like a nine would be like a Ducktales two or a okay, Chippendales yeah. Re- Rescue Rangers two. Right. Um, a ten would be like your uh, stadium events. Right. Well, <laughs> okay. Um, but you know, it's like I was looking for rare stuff, and I picked up a few things. I was really happy. I got a box for uh, pro wrestling. Oh, nice. I, I love uh, that game. The old oh Ness God. one? Yeah. Uh, nice. With Starman? Uh, Starman. Everyone, everyone always remembers Starman. A winner is you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, I, I really liked the show. I was there for um, probably like four hours, I guess. Okay. And, How many uh, people were there? It was packed when I was there. I mean, okay. I was... Now, keep in mind, the, sh- the showroom floor... Where was this at? <clears throat> it was at the Red Lion in Bellevue. Um, the show floor was small. Yeah. Um, expectedly so. Though, it was bigger right? than it was, it was last year. Yeah, absolutely. It was twice don't, the size? Don't get me wrong. It was... It was it's it was bigger, um, but so my impressions of it. Granted, I literally was only able to go for the last hour of the show total. I went on Sunday for okay. the last hour. Right. Um, some of the vendors had already closed up, okay. uh, so I'm not getting one hundred like the one hundred percent experience here. Sure. I wa- I walked briefly into the the LAN playroom. I saw like the Steel Battalion thing and a bunch of you know LAN consoles. That kind of stuff. Those kind of things. These kind of gatherings are really good for. That's yeah. that's actually really awesome. I think that's really cool. Uh, the vendor room, like you said, it, it was it was okay. Um, but I think so. He, We're spoiled by Portland. Yeah. So here, yeah. that's here's what I'm going to bring up, and that's one of the things that I wanted to to bring up about this show is that I'm not. I'm not sure the market is right for this for this show to exist. So there are there's Portland Retro, which is growing by leaps and bounds. Yeah. It's in its what eighth year, ninth year, something like that. Um, so, and then Seattle has always had the the arcade and pinball show, which yeah. is mostly pinball. Don't get me wrong; it's right. like vast majority pinball. I think um, I think Seattle Retro has a hard time because. The classic gaming community, all while it is extremely robust in the Pacific Northwest, right. I think most of its needs are filled by Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Sure. And I think Seattle Retro, in danger... It, I think it actually is treading dangerous ground. 
because when I walked into the vendor room in Seattle Retro, mm. it was probably 80 percent the same vendors that I see in Portland. Well, that makes um, sense. And then the other vendors that were there were private entities that it was like dudes with their collection sitting at a table and they were selling shit for way too much. And oh, okay. um, the problem that I have with that, the why I say they're treading dangerous ground is because I think that um, there's only two places for them to go. If they grow really big, they have the potential of leeching uh, Portland's, Portland's right. stuff and endangering the Portland show. Right. And B... Or, or B, Portland does it to them and then they fail. I don't think that this region can support two. I think, I think Portland. I, I think it has. I think it has the potential to support one really big, nice, classic gaming show, uh-huh. or two or three kind of mediocre kind of classic gaming shows. Um, and I don't think that. I, I don't necessarily think that port that Seattle is in. I, I don't think that the market here is enough different from the people that are going to go to Portland to to that show. So, right. and and that worries me because I like Portland Retro a lot. Yeah, I like that show a lot. Yeah, um, I think it has the way a lot of potential to grow really big and be really cool. Yeah. And I, and I'm not talking like packs big, right? I'm talking maybe like Stumptown big, like, right. like, you know, bigger than it is smaller than most other things, but enough that you get this really kind of cool, close knits community sure. of, of gamers there. Um, and I, I, I'm just, I'm worried that Seattle, because it felt like Portland light and yeah, but it's only the second year. And I think that's a big factor of it. Like, I really enjoyed the show. Like I said, I, yeah. I know that you feel that, the, you know, regionally that there, there can only be, you know, one. There can, only, can be only one. one. But why? Why can't there be two cons because I don't four think, months apart? Because I don't think that the community can support it. I, I, I don't think that um, you have enough variety of vendors and enough variety of attendees to support that much stuff what you what you're going to end up with is instead of having one show centered in Portland that draws people from southern Oregon Idaho all the way up to Seattle or Vancouver BC all the way into this one central show that has the potential to grow really large because it's drawing from such a wide area what you end up with is uh localized shows where Seattle people are going to be like eh, eh. We'll just wait for Seattle. I'm not going to bother going to Portland. And Portland people who are going to be the same way. They're like, well, how the fuck do I want to go to Seattle when I've got Portland here? Um, and I think it's a small enough community that when you when you start separating it into those groups, you start endangering the show's ability to maintain its size and maintain its attendee at- attendance levels. So, I you know, I just... Do you think that uh, because uh, Seattle Retro happened the week after uh, Pinball and Arcade, uh, mm-hmm. and you also have PAX, which although it doesn't have the vendor space, it has the the play space. Yeah. Um, like, do you, is that a factor? Like, I'm. Um, I think timing just isn't very good for it in the spot it's spotted in right now. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that. I don't know when PGRE is or PRG is. Well, see, PRGE is tr- traditionally like a couple weeks, a uh, couple weeks before PAX. Right. So, I don't think PAX is competition for this show. Okay, I, I think that they, their the Venn diagram is is 
pretty cro- the of yeah. of attendees has a big big middle right. but the Venn diagram of vendors is almost not, yeah, yeah, the crossover is non-existent no. um pet uh, pinball and arcade i don't know i don't think so because the retro show is mostly console it's not arcade yeah. so the pinball and arcade show doesn't i don't think there's a, a i mean there are people who are in that market again there's a, some crossover but i don't think it's a big thing yeah. um having them week you know two weeks in a row might have been an issue yeah um but i i don't i don't know because like imagine imagine if uh four months you know four months before pax they decided to sh- start a uh, Penny Arcade Expo Portland. Everybody would be talking about how that's just, you know, cannibalizing PAX. Now, PAX, on the other hand, is a different story because the the market is so large right. for PAX that I'm sure they could probably support it, you know, and it wouldn't be a big deal. But you would end up with 50,000, instead of, instead of 80,000 people going to PAX and it being packed, you would end up with 50,000 people going to PAX and like 30,000 people 30, going to PAX 50, Portland, yeah. and it wouldn't be as good. And that's what I'm talking about here. I'm not saying that the shows mm-hmm. couldn't, be supported period i'm saying that i think if they focused on one show rather than trying to split the uh the attendees or cannibalize each other that if they focused on portland and made that the big pacific northwest classic gaming show they could they could really it could really take off and it could be something a lot bigger than even even either of these shows are by its by itself I don't know. I don't know. And maybe I'm completely wrong. I mean, maybe I think maybe the maybe there's the community there to support both, but I'm it it frightens me because I don't think there is. Possibly. Like, I mean, well, we'll figure it out. I mean, we'll find out as time goes on, honestly. So it's yeah. one of those where it's like, yeah, I, hey, you know, I what? just don't want to I don't want to find out by there's the there's the people going like, oh, we, we can't run this anymore. <laughs> Go you know? to Portland Retro Gaming Ex- er, Expo right now because mm-hmm. Luke Matthews says it's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What do you do? You like aside from your opinions of the show because I know you liked the show and I liked the show too I'm not I'm not saying anything about that but w- like what are your opinions on are this community's ability to support both of them? I mean I think that you know the Pacific Northwest has you know between Portland and Seattle there are enough people who are interested in video games to support two sh- two shows specifically of classic video games mm. I mean think how many people around here go to PAX Think how many people, I mean, yeah. you know, not only you've got the pinball arcade, you've got, there's the pinball and uh, arcade gaming show, you've got um, fucking PGRE, you've got now Seattle Gaming Expo. I mean, there are gamers out here by the mm-hmm. fucking dozens and right. thousands and millions. I mean, and, and you take this into like the Northeast, you take this in, you take a show like this and you put it in New England somewhere. Vegas, and it, nothing, it, nothing happens. Nothing happened in Vegas. Right? There are enough yeah. people here to support two shows. Right. Yeah. I, I, and, and I guess I'm just of the mindset that I would rather see the, I would rather see variety than see the same show twice. Because, the, and that's my big worry because yes, sure. yes, it can support two shows. But I specifically am of the mindset that I'm going to, and I'm sorry to say this, but I'm going to continue to go to Portland, and I'm probably not going to go to Seattle unless I hear that there is something so wildly different about it that I that it makes me interested in going again. But 
I'm going to go to Portland because I like the Portland show. But if I'm just going to if I'm going to go to Seattle and see the same people, now that's backward from what I think most gamers will do. Honestly, I think Seattle gamers will go to Seattle Retro, and then when they hear oh the same vendors are going to be at Portland, oh, fuck it, I'm not going to bother. So now all the people who would have driven all the way down there and gotten hotel space to go to Portland Retro from Seattle, they're not going to do it anymore. And that's that's the part that bothers me. See, I'm, I'm, next year I'm going to go to both. I mean, because the fact is, you know, it's a retro gaming show. Even though they're, what, f- three months apart? About four, yeah. About four months? Four months apart, yeah. You know, you're not going to have the same... St- I mean, you'll have a bunch of the... You know, you'll have 500 copies of Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt at both shows, no matter what. That's just... Gonna, but each show is going to have a couple of gems, and if you get there early enough, you might, you know, get a few. And that, like, the chase... I, I guess that's... A, the question for me is, is that... Is that the big... What is the biggest thing about the shows? Is it the, the gaming rooms? Is it the... Is it the, the vendors? I mean, it sounds like the vendors is one the of the The vendors more. is... You know, it's important to me, but I do like the fact that I'm in a room with a bunch of other people who are passionate about the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Portland is about the vendor room. Like, really? yeah, very, the vendor room in the arcade alley, those, that's basic... That's Portland's big... Thing right. they get more high profile speakers and stuff sure. uh, as high profile as you can get for this community, but right. um, uh, yeah, I um, I think that Seattle's more about the community. That's possible. I mean, I, I don't know if the, if if Seattle focused more on uh, the like running gameplay events and doing uh land play and free play or sure. you know in that and that was more the focus of this show then I could see it being a little bit different um but I I don't know I'm just um I don't know I'm we'll see I mean the fact that that both of them are growing is a really good sign yeah and they're growing mostly by word of mouth because I there was no I mean there's obviously I no heard no advertising, advertising. Yeah. right there's no advertising for this and the fact that that Portland's growing as big as it is and that uh Seattle is growing is a good sign on both ends. So I'm kind of optimistic on both. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's my opinion. <laughs> Take it or leave it. I'm always a fucking skeptical, <laughs> asshole anyway. So. I like to see um, the shiny side of nothing. I mean, I'm, well, okay, the shiny side of this show that I will, I will freely admit, I've said it before, but I'm going to actually focus on it now. It was really fun, even for the hour, cool. the end hour that I was there. It was, it was really fun. The, the vendors were cool. Uh, the the free play room, even though I, I'm not a free play guy, so sure. I don't usually go into a free play room and sit down and play because I've got all the consoles at home for that. Right. But um, I really, really liked the setup, and I thought it was, you know, I thought it was really, it was really well handled, right? Good. Um, the uh, the especially the free play room was really well set up. There was a lot of people in there, even like right up to the end. There was quite nice. a few people in there, and um, I think that the 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 running of the show and the physicality of it it could it has the potential to grow into a really good show. Good. Um, and this year was a good was a good. Uh, a good test. It was small, but it was really, it was really nice. Right and, um, you know, it was kind of cool because I got to see a bunch of people that I, that I, the only time I saw them last time was fucking Portland Retro. Portland Retro. And, you know, <laughs> I, see them like, I like, always bump into Christina. No, of of course. Go to a show. Yeah. Right. So for the last two weeks, uh, we have been <laughs> for the last two weeks and for the last half hour, the last two weeks and the last for the last two weeks we've been playing Castlevania three. For the last half an hour, we've been talking about it into mics that were ba- basically turned off. Uh, so 
we're gonna try, you iPod. Yeah, we're gonna try and do this again, uh, and hopefully for our listeners, it's not quite as it's not gonna be anywhere near as interesting. But no. you know what? What the fuck? We'll try it again. Okay, so to start this, the discussion of Castlevania Three, like I started it before, I'm gonna don't start you it hurt by my merman <laughs> lady. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start it by saying that uh, that. Uh, how did I start it before? You told us about the game. Nineteen eighty nine came out in nineteen eighty nine. It was published by Konami. Uh, it was. Um, uh, it's a fucking Castlevania game. Jesus, my whole brain is fried now. Completely fucking destroyed. Uh, uh, I didn't get as far into this game as as I don't. I think I, any of you guys. Uh, I probably. Not. Um, I wish I had though because. Uh, uh, I have to say that that I I was really enjoying this game. I like the controls a lot. Yeah, like you don't know, like you said, like you said before in the God in the ether it. that the van joke. I can't remember it. it was it was there's there's Castlevania one. I know exactly where to get. My boots are made out of fucking iron with lead soles. That <laughs> <laughs> hey, Link, do you mind if I borrow those lead boots? I'm going to fight Dracula. <laughs> no problem, champ. <laughs> hey, is that Medusa? Oh, yeah. What the fuck is with those? Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, it's... She moves really fast. <laughs> right. <laughs> Meanwhile, then there's, Cas- then there's Castlevania 2. Excuse me, sir. Oh. Uh... <laughs> Hi. Um. Yeah, yeah. Stop looking at me like that. Listen, hey, I'm I'm 12, hey. but I need to get to the castle. Not a problem. Step into my van. Yeah, the one over there that says free candy on the side. Yes, we're gonna drive into the forest where you can kneel for a tree at midnight, <laughs> and I'll show you, Dracula. You wanna find Dracula's bone? It's in that van over there. <laughs> Castlevania Two: Jerry Sandusky's Curse. <laughs> So you're going to go down the stairs to the creepy woods. There's a van that says free garlic. (laughs) That's where you can find Dracula's bone. (laughs) And you can get the key to Penn State. (laughs) (laughs) Wait until midnight. Hope you don't fall asleep. (laughs) It's not unusual. And, and um, now we're at Castlevania 3. And now we're at Castlevania 3, where I've taken the lead out of the boots and the rapist out of the mindless NPC. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> what's new, pussycat? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, what a fucking dumpster fire this has become. <laughs> oh. So, uh, for the listeners at home, the first time that we recorded this, the first 15 minutes were comedy gold, and I truly lament the fact that you guys won't get to hear it. Unfortunately, you've gotten all of those 15 minutes crammed into 45 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I am so sorry. <laughs> so, uh, what, you know, what I was going to say, I'm going I'm to start off with the controls. I'm going to yes. start off with the controls with Trevor, our our industrious hero who is a prequel this is a prequel by the way right uh what what years did you say all of these took place in so 1462 was i asking you <laughs> motherfucker i don't know Jesus i'm on a Christ. podcast i can't see what's going on <laughs> <laughs> I, I see we've gone to another Who's episode of Andy's what right. motherfucker <laughs> what's going on here did they speak what in transylvania motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> The latest episode of Fuck You. No, Fuck Fuck You. you. Fuck who? (laughs) Don't know. That guy? Which guy? Over there. (laughs) Who? 
Uh, okay. So. Castlevania 1 takes place in the year 1691. Castlevania 2 takes place in the year 1698. In order to get the smell off of the ass of Castlevania 2, we have to <laughs> go do back. It, Luke. Don't cut. Don't cut, Luke. <laughs> You're going to regret it in the morning. <laughs> We have to go back 300 some, 200 some odd fucking years to 1479, where Trevor. Math is hard. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, this yeah, Trevor is, Trevor is um, an improvement on Simon in pretty much every way. Uh, yeah. Man, gets, the Belmont family is fucked if they get that fucking stupid right? after 200 you know, years. Like, like, serious, there's some fucking inbreeding going <laughs> on. It's like, what, what was the one that takes place in, like, 1900? The PS3 one. Oh, well, funny enough, I'll I don't remember that right because up. that dude's got to be. Was like, it Lords of Shadow, the newest one? Yeah, Lords of Shadow. Yeah. yeah so yeah. there's uh, that's just like the big Irish dude who's like <laughs> yeah. he's just pissed off. I think it's that he has like two X chromosomes or something like that because just you know <laughs> like the Belmont family line has been pure for four hundred years. <laughs> Why don't you talk to your sister about that? Yeah. Yeah. It's like <laughs> 1917 Bloodlines, 44 Portrait of Ruin, and then it goes to 2035 and 36. Yeah. And then so one is the 11th the millennium the AD. What the fuck? Or wait, no, fuck? I'm sorry. Um, fuck. Not a Harmony oh, of Dissonance. Lords, Lords of Shadow is in 1047. The, the timeline in this game is just as what fucked as Zelda's fucking it is, timeline. Yeah, exactly. They're just making really shit is. up. Yeah, because. So it, when does Dracula fight the Eighth Doctor? <laughs> but, this is, but I don't understand. This is such a this is a historical game that takes place in the Transylvania. Lightning guns. And, lightning uh, guns. Because clearly Vlad the Impaler was actually a real human being, and it, who we don't know that he wasn't one day fighting against the Belmont family. I mean, I mean Veronica Belmont from PlayStation fame must be a descendant. Of the original Belmont clan. <laughs> Guards. And I Slap have, him. I have stopped the room. <laughs> Beat the shit out of him now. <laughs> uh, Put him back in his jacket and medicate him. I So I do actually, like, I... Yes, there was comedy gold that we missed out on, but we actually also talked about the game, and I want to talk about Let's the go game. Back to I that. really yes. like. I really like the controls in this game because um, I feel like they were... Uh, the, the, they took all, all the things that they could to kind of pay homage to the original yes. that made it feel like a Castlevania game yes. while still improving on like the jumping and the the timing of the whip and everything. The whip the whip is, feels nicer. It feels mm-hmm. uh it feels like the timing is right. You know, when when I hit the button for the whip, it actually like it actually gets out there and, and hits stuff when I expect it to. Right. Well, like the first Castlevania game, it almost felt like there was a lag. There right? was. A it was lag. like you hit the button and it's like, oh shit! The you have to wait huh? for the fucker <laughs> to like uncurl. You know, it was like an eight bit like uncurling on watch. screens. Yeah. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and but this game, I, I thought that uh, I thought the controls were a, a fuckload better, and it they made were. me. It made me one. It made me interested in playing the game. Two, and this is something that is partially the controls and partially the uh, the game design. Mm. Is I think that the game starts out a lot easier uh, than the other Castlevania games. I mean, I'm, I, maybe not Castlevania two because Castlevania two starts out with you doing nothing. Nothing. Um, but rapidly press A to be lied to by the villagers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but I like. 
the difficulty curve is more of a curve in this game rather than a cliff wall. Right. So, yeah. like... Castlevania, it's like you're at the bottom of the cliff, and then the the castle door opens. You walk in and immediately just bang yourself into the fi- fucking cliff face. Just bang, bang, bang. and that's that's the difficulty curve of that game. What I, I'm I'm just, you, your face was mashed into the mic, and I completely <laughs> been derailed from any sort of thought. Problem. I had a thought, and then you started to eye hump your mic. Yeah, well, there was, no, there was some nose in there too. A All little right. bit, yeah. I can still feel that. Yeah, because that, that first one did uh, not look good. I'm like, oh man, is this going to break his <laughs> nose on the mic? The first level in, in Castlevania 1, I got through without really much of any problem whatsoever, and then the second level was just... <laughs> I mean, it was it was literally a wall that you have to climb. And then after that, it gets... you know. Yeah, the moment you encounter Medusa heads and Igors, it's just like, right. fuck, Whereas, fuck this game, fuck everything involved with this game. But the Igors <laughs> and Medusa heads... Well, you don't get the Medusa heads in the second level, but you, you get the Igors, if I remember correctly, right after the, the, the first pretty early. this one. It's pretty early when you first yeah. start encountering... I mean, if you... If you the, the Medusa heads are in the clock tower, too. Yeah, the clock, yeah. In the clock tower. And, they're not clock that, tower. and they are not that that god-awful. No, the Medusa heads in this game are not that bad. No. Uh, because the one thing that I did find about this game that surprised me is that enemies don't auto-respawn in a lot no. of places. You When you kill something, if you walk off screen and walk back, it's, it's dead. dead. It's gone. Yeah. And that's something that I actually really enjoyed about this game is right. that um, the only enemies that respawn are enemies that have a uh, a legitimate like respawn point and almost like and I know this sounds weird but almost like a legitimate realistic reason for respawning. So like you have you have the skeletons, the skeletons right? That, you yeah. you hit them and the they skeletons. drop. Yeah, the red skeletons and they drop in a pile and then they start to reform and they stand back up. The owls they come out of trees, right? So you see that you know you see the eyes flash and then they pop out of the hole and they swoop right. at you and then if you wait long enough in that same hole another one will appear right. but it's not random so respawn pops out and you wait in the hole long enough something will pop out again yeah yeah uh um jesus now you've derailed I me know. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I way to go comedy I medusa you. heads keep coming at you because jesus christ are medusa heads <laughs> <laughs> they thrive on your suffering exactly <laughs> um but yeah, it, it like the that's part of what I think made the the early parts of this game easier and ramped up the difficulty better right. was that I wasn't constantly like if I carefully if I moved through the game carefully, uh, I didn't have to worry about getting stuck on a screen while I just constantly had to kill stuff because yes. I was being too careful. Right, you know, like I I could kill stuff and it would go away. Yeah, so. One of the like my favorite things about this uh, the game is the boss fights. They're all different, with the exception of maybe the Cyclops in the garden and the uh, the clone fight, the doppelganger fight the doppelganger, towards the end, because yeah. that those mechanics are kind of the same. Um, like everything plays different. Like you got the skeleton in the beginning, and he's like, you know, whatever. You just oh, he's, jump he's, over him once. He's yeah. <laughs> he's smacked the fuck first out level of him. boss from every game ever. Right. Yeah, except for the bat in the first one. Fucking bad. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. What else? Um, Grant is kind of hard. Not um, really. I, I had probably Like, it depends on what weapon you have. Yeah. Um, you got a little, little tiny weapon. Little, little <laughs> <laughs> you have to beat yeah. him to get your it, little tiny it's weapon. Grant is really hard, but he's also really small. Grant's like, I was with the forces of evil for 15 years, and I had these amazing axes and daggers I could throw across the screen, and I am, in order to cleanse my soul, I'm getting rid of them all, and I've brought this 
Spork. (laughs) (laughs) I fell asleep and dreamed I'd been turned into a ghost. No, you'd been turned into a badass, sir. You are now a ghost. (laughs) Plus two spork of flying. (laughs) (laughs) I got the shit at REI. It don't break. (laughs) I can hold on the walls and shit. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Ting. Yeah. I'll screw that in. Grant, get back there. <laughs> Give me some fucking wall turkey, bitch. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> I mean, granted, though, that's the thing. is With with him, you get mobility, and the beautiful thing is is, is you get into a spot where you get you move with him to the clump of enemies, switch to Trevor, mow through them, switch back, move on. And yeah. it's... I mean, that is how, honestly, I went through the game. Was just like... I, I tried... Um, people have talked about the, the elemental magics that, uh, that the Cypha does. And... My understanding is that if you learn how to use her, it, 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 the learning curve is kind of steep in some t- in some cases. You learn how to use her; she's awesome. I think so. I fucking hated her. She was. I, I mean, because I didn't have time to go through the learning curve. So my experience with her was, if I would have had more time, probably. But since I had very little time, I, it was like taking a twig to war. I'm just sitting there. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm literally like I'm getting kicked out of the plane above the Ardennes, and I'm just like I'm butt naked with a spoon. <laughs> I got a bandana, a scoliosis, and a spoon. Can I fight with you, Trevor? I, I know. It's literally I remember, just like, what, what is your f- list of possessions? I got uh, these boots. Toe jam. <laughs> and I got, um, I've got a skin condition. <laughs> no, no, you just stay here so we don't that. go through that awkward handshake scene. <laughs> <laughs> I go talk to this blonde man named Sypha. Wait, Sypha's a chick. Oh, fuck. <laughs> she's I remember playing the entire trip. She's gonna be like, "I need to use the bathroom." <laughs> <laughs> we just used the fucking bathroom right after we killed those mermen. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I remember playing this game as a kid, and I went up the clock tower to get Grant, and Grant was sweet. And then I got into the ship and ran into Sifa, and accidentally the pressed. Ship, I, I would say the ship with no pirates. Yeah. And, and accidentally pressed yes, and then I felt really bad because then I didn't have Grant anymore. I had this stupid bitch with shitty spells. And it's funny because you think like it's like, do you want him to join your group? You're like, yes. You beat the game. It's like you know, the reveal. It's a, a woman. It's like, could you not? T- that's got to be the ugliest woman on the face. <laughs> no, of the planet. Yeah, not, so it's 1470s Romania. It can't be yeah, that attractive. Come on. As a, uh, so she pulled her cloak off. Like, oh my god. What, what, what about her? Uh, she's amazing. Dude, I, have you seen the buck teeth? Yeah. The knock knees? Yeah. What, what, what's, I, I don't get it, Belmont. What's the thing? She shaved. <laughs> All right. Forgot. Transylvania. <laughs> I will sire an entire line of morons with this woman. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got Simon Belmont who can't fucking jump. jump. <laughs> You've inherited your him. mother's weak <laughs> ankles. <laughs> Look at <laughs> Look how big her feet are. <laughs> They're like solid bone. <laughs> she's got Mario jumping hips. Yeah, and she's got two sets of fucking childbearing thighs. Could you move on? This is not the woman for anyone. <laughs> They're side to side. That shit ain't natural. Dracula's curses. He's like, you've defeated my third form. Stay with that bitch. <laughs> 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 She's all yours. <laughs> oh, and my bastard son too. 
Oh, fuck Alucard. Uh, I want to talk about Dracula for a minute, though, because that is one of the most infuriating boss fights <laughs> oh my God. in forever. Oh, my God. Um, so, first off, you get to Dracula, and he's like, oh, I'm the Dracula from the first game. Look at me, except the fire comes from the floor. Twice each time. Ha, 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 ha. You hit him, you know, whip, whip, whip. You're like, yeah, sweet. And then he turns into this, like, Thing of hobo faces. faces that looks like <laughs> Fabula Rasta from Casanova, <laughs> where it's like five monks have melded together and just drip ooze all over the place while they're meditating and floating around. You're like, oh, cool, there's another form form. This one's not that bad. Okay. Uh, you know, a little bit of damage here, a little bit of damage there. And you kill him, you're like, okay. And then fucking Baphomet comes out and he starts raising the floor up and like shit's spinning around. He's got laser eyes. Yep. And the thing is, when the platform, the ground like moves up you know, for the floating platforms, those are pits then. So you're yeah. like jumping from moving platform to moving platform over pits while someone's shooting lasers at you. At this point, you've got like maybe, if you're lucky, three ticks of life left. Yep. And you've got like two hearts, a bottle of holy water, and pure rage. And that's the <laughs> only thing that's getting you through that fight. <laughs> it's like literally, it's, it's Dracula. The first Dracula. No, 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 dude. Dunk it up. Just cast, but... Okay, he's dead. The second fight, it's like the guys from Konami finally was just like... Oh, okay. You guys finally got the time to watch a couple of Oratsuki Doji movies. All right. Because this is right out of, minus the tentacles, this is right out of the wait a minute. mound of it, faces. Wait a minute. If you take the tentacles away from a Yuratsuki Doji movie, there's no movie. There's no movie. <laughs> All right. There really isn't a boss nothing. because it's just a mound <laughs> no, no, of faces uh, that move Cypher away from you. still gets bitten in half when the boss is <laughs> <laughs> And then there's yeah, and then there was the last one, which is the, the this fucked up birds yeah the Bahamut bird statue that's just like uh, 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 uh all right fuck it just kill it get it over with it's no it's not killing it over it's like oh fuck 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 see I didn't have trouble <laughs> the one it, it, oddly enough I did not have trouble with the third one it was the it was the uh, the second guy that I had a just a slew of trouble with. And I don't know why, but that was the one I had trouble with. As soon as I got to the bird, I was just like, okay, just sit about two-thirds to the left of the, uh, left third of the screen, basically, right uh, before the, the platforms start moving around. And, and just kind of stay up and down. Stay vertical. Don't bother trying to move. Move left and right a little bit, maybe to dodge a laser, but stay vertical, throw an axe. Huck an axe, huck an axe. On occasion, if you if if the moment of opportunity comes, hop straight up on a platform, hop straight up, whip, maybe once or twice, burn him down like that. I've literally died thousands of times <laughs> to that last form of Dracula. Today on Let's Play Castlevania Three, <laughs> it was kind of weird. Yeah, you haven't, so, see, you haven't seen shitty Let's Play videos on on YouTube. No. Yeah. Wow. Really. Oh God! Today on Let's Play, some shitty game that I kind of remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we anybody actually... play with Alucard? Sorry, I, I just no. If, did you did... fuck that? All right, never mind. Yeah, no, it's why? Either. Why? Explain why? Because I had never even I never got to play with Alucard. I've never played with Alucard, so I don't know why he sucks. Okay, so Grant gives you super jumps. Yeah. Uh, Silpha gives you the ability to freeze water in one of the stages and freeze up your enemies so that okay. they're stunned, which is amazing. Uh, when you choose Alucard, you get shitty bat mode. So you're so, like the bird Nate eyes. Yeah, pretty so, much. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so 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 Grant has has wall sticking power that works sometimes. Alucard has flying mode that works sometimes. <laughs> um, but he doesn't get any bonus of better movement or better attack or anything. Oh, awesome! That <laughs> sounds fucking 
retarded. I don't think I've no. played as him since I was a kid. Like, I've played this game a few times since it came out, like, every five years or so. I don't think I've played Alucard. I don't think anybody has. There's no. really not. I mean, it's a, it's a bitch to get to him. I mean, he's off in a, in a in kind of weird area well, I mean, from what I remember. Like, you know, and, then, and then it's, you know, he does it for what the effort you have to expend to get to Grant or Sifa or Sifa, that actually is worthwhile. For Alucard, I, I don't know. So that's one of the things, since we've been talking about this for so long, and one of the things that I want to kind of bring up, we've been talking about all of these features that the game introduced without actually discussing the fact that this game introduced, introduced those yeah. like the branching paths and yes. uh the, you optional, know, the stages. optional stages and secondary characters that you can collect and, and actually right. play with and one of the things that i noticed about this game graphically in addition to all of these features was that there's a there's a much wider variety of enemies in this game than there are in the previous yes. castlevania games and one of the things that that caught my eye when I was playing was this is this got a lot of fucking content for an NES game. Oh yeah it does. Like <clears throat> it's got a lot of branching paths which adds a shitload of replay value because mm-hmm. then now you want to go see the other places that you haven't been. Right. Um the the secondary characters that you can switch to at will, like is that's that, yeah. f- that actually have legitimately different affecting effects on the gameplay. Um and like the um, what was I just fucking talking about before I started talking about branching the fact paths? That's brand new like, stuff. Um, more, more than ten colors. The number of yeah. the number of enemies. Two hundred and the different colors. enemies. Yeah, yeah. it's it just. I was I was actually kind of stunned by the amount of content that was in this game yeah. because I remember I I briefly this is another one of those games that I only played at a friend's house right that's like right. oh Castlevania three I never played it. you know and I fuck around in it for a little bit and then go away and I right. never really like thought much about it but. Um, I was amazed. It's it's not quite Metroidvania yet, but not quite. It's, it's um, heading that way. It's heading that way mm-hmm. um, because one of the things that I associate with Metroid and Metroidvania games is honestly is backtracking and item collection. Right. Like that's one of the that's like the the key. It's like you collect, you go to here, you collect an item, you backtrack, go to there, collect another item, backtrack. Right. The item you collected over here allows you to get into this area, which you you know go into and then backtrack, and that's like. That's typical Metroid to me, right? Um, and Castlevania is traditionally more linear. It's traditionally linear. Yeah. Period. Until, yeah, until you get to the later games, like uh, once you get to like Symphony, Symphony of the, of the Night, Night and after, yeah. it's it's all the Metroidvania style. Yeah. Um, but I, I was just actually surprised because um, other eight bit games in that era, I don't think there were many that had this much like variety. To no. Them. Like, <clears throat> I, I like mean, to, I like to compare this a lot to the Ninja Gaiden series because the gameplay is similar um, with with power collection and yeah. power management, and like Ninja Gaiden one and two are like a lot better than than Castlevania one is, but Castlevania three just blew the yeah. everything else out of the water. Oh yeah, yeah. oh god yeah. I'm, and on on top of that, I mean, it looks it looks pretty. Like the the character designs are really good. I mean, Trevor yeah. looks just like fucking uh, Simon, Simon yeah. uh, with a few little minor adjustments. Sure. Um, <clears throat> The graphically, it's very bright, pretty, colorful, fluid. Yep. And the music is the so music is good. Actually, yeah. Oh god. You know, the, there there are two Castlevania games that stick out because of the music. This one and Symphony of the Night. Honestly, I mean, I well, the first one. Honestly, first one honestly, I still think the first game has the best music. I yeah. Okay. 
you can you can make an honest case for that, and no one's going to be right or wrong in, in either between those three of the titles. But th- this one really struck out at me as the first um, of the eight bit games that I played that I remember really, really, really getting pulled into the music in a yeah. big way, like this, like Mega Man Two. Yeah, see, Those I was going to say that the, I, S, the NES titles that come out that that stick out of my mind for music. This is definitely one of them. I was going to say from a, from an eight bit like NES perspective, I think that the Mario series and the Mega Man series beat this one, but this one, one for series, yeah, this yeah. one has really goddamn good music. Yeah, Both Castlevania one and three, two, it's like non-existent, no. like ambient bullshit. Yeah. Um, there's two fucking three songs. Sorry, Castle. <laughs> yeah. Um, or Town, four. Town. So we did Town, Town, town at Night, da- Castle, town, day, Castle, night, night, Castle, Forest, Forest at Night, Boss, Credits, River, Credits. And it's all boring. Yeah, and it's all bad. Yeah. It really is all bad. So what you actually have is... What you actually have is boring castle, boring town during the day, boring town during the night, right. boring forest during the day, boring forest during the So you get my right. point. Um, were there any new weapons in this one that were not in the first two? Or were they not in the first just one? Silpha's spells. Spells. Yeah. Um, yeah, is what Holy Water Axe. Yeah. Um, boomerang. Holy Water Axe, Boomerang, Clock. Um, Holy Water dagger, Axe, Boomerang, dagger. Boomerang, Knife. Uh, oh, the Knife. Clock yeah. and uh, Rosary. Same stuff. Yeah, really yeah. So, same shit. So we did actually get a couple of questions for this episode. Oh, yeah. 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 First question comes from Snicker, and he says, uh, he says, so for someone who has never played Castlevania, which one should I start on to get the least rubber fisting? Also, <laughs> is there wall meat in this one? And uh, So the second question first, yeah, there's wall meat. Yeah, game. there's definitely yeah. wall meat. Yeah. You okay there, Andy? I'm trying to think of where there's wall meat. There's some, there, there's some in level one and level yeah. three, and there's some in the clock tower, too. It's, <laughs> it's, all it's around. Yeah. Uh, so I don't I don't know like it's it's kind of you have to split the Castlevania games into the two genres which right. are like um, the first the first three uh, Super Castlevania four right Rondo of Blood, Rondo of Blood. and and the two GBA games and the, the two GBA games Dracula X the yeah Dracula yeah, X and, and, the, and the, no mm, well Dracula X okay that was kind of a hybrid the, of the two genres what was the, the fucking other Bloodlines, Bloodlines yeah. Yeah. which Bloodlines. are all the original Castlevania kind of linear, like... Four would be the last one. Yeah, like yeah. you move, you know, you move in a pretty linear pattern. It doesn't add the Metroid elements. And then right. you get uh, Symphony of the Night and After, and which includes al- almost what? Okay, so, uh, just continue it. I'll... I was going to say, Symphony of the Night and After, which includes like all of the DS games, all of the GBA games. Right. Uh, PlayStation. And, yeah, well, we're not no. going into 3D. We're not going to worry about 3D realms. Uh, okay. And I would say that um, of the original style of games, honestly, I'd say this one. Like yeah. Castlevania Three is the great place to start. It has the best. It has the best um, difficulty ramp, yeah. uh, in my opinion. It it has the best. Like it has the classic style. If you if you want to, you know, you want to see what the eight bit games looked like. And right. so, I mean, Rondo of Blood's really good too. But Dra- I think Dracula that X is amazing. But Dracula X it, is awesome. rubber fists you. Yeah, that's, oh yeah, and that's it, what I was saying because he specifically said that the least rubber fisting, and I was like, that's definitely not Dracula. No, that's it's not probably it. not Rondo. Was the question of, of all no. the Castlevania games or the old? That's school? that's what I was saying. Like so let's he, start with he, the old he school. just says Castlevania, and I'm splitting them into their two groups, and I'm saying old school, and because when you go to the next, when you go to the next one, it's Symphony of the Night. Period. Like Are you of Sorrow, better mm-hmm. game. Better game. Yeah, I, I you know I've I, okay, I I have not gone through this enough to, to actually, but I've I've heard that argued. I have yet to see anybody have a compelling argument that makes one better than the other. 
It's uh, the same symphony qual- of the nights on a regular TV. You don't have to play it on a handheld. Yeah, There's that's, the argument. Okay, no, no. Follow me through on this. I know. So, Aria of Sorrow is just as good of a game as Symphony of the Night, but right. you're not stuck in a location having to play it in the same place. Plus, it's twice the size. Yeah, Th- that's fair, but it's also ten years later. Wasn't Aria, Aria of Sorrow was made GBA? Yeah, the last GBA one. Oh, okay. So like five years later, three or four years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Circle of uh, Dissonance. And there, there is a there is a there's a double pack that has the two GBA ones on them. Right. Two of the three. Two of the three. Yeah. I think. I mean, to be entirely honest, like, uh, you can't really go wrong. With any oh, of the no, with no. any of the two D no, no, except no, for no. Castlevania. That's 2. like, would you Don't rather have you know no. a pound of gold or a pound of gold? Which one yeah. would, you <laughs> <laughs> would you like to eat the the Flamignon or the Porterhouse? Yeah. So um, I, I think or, that or there's Castlevania two over here, which is the the dog shit we scraped off the floor <laughs> and shaped into a steak, <laughs> <laughs> or it's bend over, Abigail May. <laughs> <laughs> Castlevania 2 is the gravy pipe. (laughs) Don't fucking do it to yourself. I would say if you want to play it in in kind of an order, since the timeline and the story doesn't matter, start with Castlevania 3, ramp yourself up then to... um, I Gosh, I want to say... I I actually want to say start with Castlevania 3, go then to um, to Castlevania 1. 1. Then but one do, one is a rubber fisting and rubber and, and, and understand that, that it will and then bloodlines I love after bloodlines. that bloodlines I, I, are Rondo of blood Rondo Ron, of blood's good too I would say Dracula bloodlines Rondo Dracula X yeah so in the in the original series start with Castlevania three because you get the best of all worlds with this game right and you get you get the you get a decent difficulty curve yes you get the classic styling and graphics yep. you get the ex, the experience of of everything right and then. Yeah, you can. We can argue back and forth between Aria of Sorrow or or Symphony of the Night, but, but they're Symphony, both, both tense. But to they're be entirely, yeah, and yeah. to be entirely honest, Symphony of the Night is easier to get a hold of. Uh, True. Yeah, because it's on so, PSN, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah, is. It is, and it's on XPLA. Yeah. So yeah, that's where I'd say go. Uh, our second what? question. Our second question is from Jeremy Smith, the person who suggested this game for us. And he he has a tendency to write long questions, but that's awesome. So I'm just going to read the whole thing. Shoot. Uh, he says. Um, this game seemed to do so many things well that carried over into future games, such as multiple par- party members, branching paths, and future characters, most notably Alucard. Which character do you prefer to use throughout the adventure, and why? And I think we s- touched on this a I little think, while yeah, ago. We, we but I think um, most of you guys are fans of Grant because of the jumping in the wall cling, and I like yeah. Selfa because of the fact you can freeze and enemies. I, just, I, just, I like Trevor. <laughs> I really, honestly, I, like, I, I like do. Trevor when there's enemies on the screen. When there's yeah. no enemies on the screen, I like switching to Grant. Yeah, okay. Um, were any of you able to beat the game without emulation or save states? Yes. yes. No. No. So, um, so that's a yes. And he so, says, he says to the people who beat the game, "I applaud you." And quote, "F that falling block level." <laughs> um, so, if you seriously like, uh, <laughs> the, that, like, if you have problems with that, that is the perfect stage to use Grant on. Yes. If I remember right, you can run across the ceiling. Of yes, that. you can. And that's if, if the game decides but, to let but you see it, you just get out there and fly. Because bad mode is big, dumb bat mode is big and dumb. Yeah. <laughs> also, in bat mode, you don't get to keep a fucking knife or an axe with you. Yeah, yeah. which you kind of sure. it's it's which are pretty important because the boss is right after the falling blocks. <laughs> <laughs> so that that is the part of the game when I played it as a kid where I did not get past. Yeah. 
It's hard. I mean, if you try to do it as if you try to do it as Trevor or or God forbid you try to do it as as Sifa or Sifia or whatever the syphilis. If you, <laughs> <laughs> if you try to do the it, one woman in the in, one in 14th woman. century, I know it's like Romania. I know it's like this is how bad this game is. Like I'm offended that there's a woman in my Castlevania <laughs> that I'm not swinging at because she has snake hair. <laughs> What the fuck you mean she's on my team? <laughs> Don't you know what happens when there's a woman on the boat? Well, it's, uh, you, there's, that's actually, why it's a castle. The next level after you get her is a fucking boat. That, that's, that's why, why she's wearing no the wood. She's Pirates. hiding her snake eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say the fact that you don't get Grant on the boat still blows my mind. That, yeah. That, yeah. Because I went for I initially when I when I remember as a kid when to to play this and I and I was like oh okay cool you get a you get extra guys and 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 one of them's a thief and I'm like yeah dude and he's got to be on the pirate ship I mean what would make more fucking sense nope nope so it Thanks, it Konami. seems like we all like this game yeah, like I and it. I and yeah it's it's actually I I've enjoyed it of all the Castlevania games we have played on the show so far this is so far this is my favorite like I, this is the one that I like the most I know you're going to disagree but I'm not it doesn't matter because I'm saying what I like I'm not saying what's best okay so go fuck yourself and stop shaking your head with that fucking holier than thou smug bitch grin I'm Andy Padilla and my opinion's worth more than yours <laughs> balls are so big <laughs> Bringing one back. I'm so. gonna. I'm gonna. Before I you really need to finish fucking Kid Chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> hey Pat, check this out. You know what this is? This is the last screen of Kid Chameleon. I just shit on your childhood. <laughs> um, so, the one- so you can get this game on. Uh, you can get this game on the NES and VC. That's the only two places, right? Yeah. Yep. Like, uh, and it's, it's. Oh no no no! Uh, uh, XBLA or no. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of the wrong link. No, it's a uh, uh, those virtual two, yeah, yeah. VC and NES. Uh, it's five bucks on VC. Absolutely worth it if you own a Wii. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean the NES cart, I don't think is super expensive, is it? Like, um, like ten, bucks. like ten bucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you have an NES and you can go out and get it, I think all of us would suggest you go out and get it. Absolutely, this is, this is absolutely worthwhile. And I think it's. I think this is actually a really good starting point for Castlevania. So, my computer died. So, I don't. Um, have, I, I don't specifically next. have the list in front of me, but I remember that for the next show we're doing big fat fire spitting Russian Karnov. Oh. Uh, this is a game that you can actually only get on the NES uh, cart. So we are we're gonna play we're gonna play us some Karnov. We're gonna get. We're all gonna get to the third level and not anywhere past it. And uh, we're gonna throw some controllers, break and some shit. And I'm gonna play Fighters History Dynamite while they're. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame me. Did you mean Karnov's Revenge? Fighters History Dynamite. Uh, <laughs> so um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a platformer awesomeness. Um, after that, we've got the next few shows uh, planned out. We've got Star Fox coming after that. We have. Uh, <laughs> we have. Um, out of this world. Out of this world coming after that, and then immediately following that, we're going to do Echo the Dolphin. Ooh. I thought you were going to say flashback. Uh, no, we, we we actually talked about that on the last show. We were going to either do Out of This World or Flashback, and we decided on Out of This World. Um, but yeah, we're going to 
we got four shows planned out. It's going to be good stuff uh, coming up. Uh, hopefully, none of those are going to be things that make us. Well, I mean, Karnov is going to make us break shit. Oh yeah, clearly. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. I still love that game. I love that game, <laughs> and <laughs> I will always love that game. You wanted me to lend my Nintendo to Micatron to, to play Karnov. Uh huh. Hey, it's not going to bust your machine like the last game you played on an NES did. <laughs> Like, was that, was that eight, eight eyes? eyes? <laughs> yeah, that was eight eyes. Yeah, eight Fuck eyes. that game. Shit. Karnov doesn't have strong enough bad karma to to break a machine. In Soviet Russia, Karnov plays you. <laughs> <laughs> can we play? Can we play Astyanax next? Fuck that game too. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. So for the torture segment of this game, we're all gonna play <laughs> Solstice while trying to swim through the underwater level of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> more coke, more Zaxxon. More coke, more Zaxxon. <laughs> All right, so uh, send us in questions for the next show if you want to. Um, you can uh, you can follow us on on Twitter. You can like our Facebook page, uh, our Twitter accounts. What? Yeah, I've got no agenda in front of me, so I'm just fucking winging it, bitches. <laughs> uh, so you can like our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash afterthefactpodcast. You can follow us all on Twitter. The main show feed is at afterthefactpod. Andy is at mathtastrophe. Coin is at coin underscore metropole. Yep. James is James FNX. I am at geek elite. Uh, we talk a lot on Twitter, at least Andy and I do. Yeah. Uh, James occasionally. To, I'm, I'm more on the the, the one of my stalker. other accounts. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. if you want I to know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm de- yeah. You know why? Because we've done this segment already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you want to, uh, if you want to praise us, uh, you can also send us Don't. emails. Uh, to at after the fact at geekerific uh, you can get the show on iTunes. You can get it on Zune. Uh, rate us on iTunes and Zune if you want to. Uh, give us uh, ratings and reviews. It helps us out a lot. Um, again, the next show is going to be uh, is going to be uh, holy shit! I just blanked on the day. Cardoff, Jesus Christ, man! Oh <laughs> fuck! It's so late. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna uh, have a and we're out. <laughs>